Well, howdy, howdy, Miss Halston. Let's go for a walk on the Rainbow Trail. Oh, no. The last time you forgot the umbrellas and got us into a whole heap of trouble. I won't forget this time. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my. Those sirens. I feel stormy weather moving in. Girl, that ain't men it's raining. That's sequins and stones. each other to weather the rainbows. Howdy, howdy, y'all, and welcome back to Weathering Rainbows interview segment uh, of our podcast, where we get to interview some pretty cool people out there doing some amazing things for our community. Um, I am really excited about this one because this is a fellow uh, Kentucky LGBTQ podcaster. Uh, it's always fun to kind of overlap and do some things with other podcasters in our area. And today we've got Sydney Hampton, who has a long list of things that uh, she does. So I'm going to kick it over to Sydney to kind of introduce herself and, and tell us about it. Yeah. Hi. Um, so I am Sydney Hampton, uh, horror hostess, drag queen, producer, editor, director, writer, um, multi-hyphenate, ordained minister. Um, I am the uh, founder of the Really Queer Podcast Network, which right now is only boasting two podcasts, uh, Really Queer Podcast, which is a uh, LGBTQ horror film commentary uh, review discussion podcast where we take films like Carrie, uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7, um, Chopping Mall, and talk about them and any kind of queer undertones they may have or why queer people love them. And then also Love Bites with Gilda Wabbit um, from Camp, Camp Wanakiki Season 3 and Level Playmate. Um, we talk about love, sex, relationships, the weird dynamics that occur in them, um, how to be safer while having sex, how to respect boundaries, and it's all listener, uh, listener questions. So uh, people write in, and then we answer their questions to the best of our ability, despite being two people who are not successful in love at all. Um, and then I'm working on a new podcast that will be like a drag queen version of The View, um, which I think will be a lot of fun, a sex ed video series podcast, and then I have a movie night uh, every month at Bellarmine University. That's also been at Play Louisville and Pride Bar and Lounge in the past, uh, which is an extension of really queer podcast where we watch the movies and then I give a long lecture about them afterwards. Um, I also write for Queer Kentucky, yeah. um, things like how to behave at a drag show, uh, film reviews, and I recently have a, interviewed a doctor about trans health care that should be um, posted very shortly, I hope. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And then, I, um, I believe, did you mention uh, Slay that you... Oh, no, I didn't. With... Um, yeah. Yeah, I also throw a party um, every couple of months at Play Louisville called Slay. Uh, the first one was Slay Countdown to Halloween, the second one was Slay to Love Bites. Um, each one's like a thematic uh, Halloween party, even if it's not Halloween. Um, so like participants are encouraged to dress in costume, to go with the theme. 
there's cash prizes, uh, it opens with theater or live music, um, and then it goes into a drag show that I host um, with a diverse cast, and then um, after the drag show's over, it goes into the costume contest and then a dance party. So far, each of them have been hosted or have been DJed by Simone. So I know you've got a very long list of things you do. Um, you're kind of like us, you're devil and a little bit of everything. <laughs> so, um, and we'll get into a lot of that. But one of the big purposes of our show is to actually hear people's personal stories um, because it gives you a chance to kind of tell people who you are uh, when you're not on the stage. Um, so can you kind of tell us about your upbringing and um, kind of what led you to do what you do? Yeah. So um, growing up, I was raised in like Pentecostal environments, like Pentecostal churches. And then later, my parents started going to Baptist churches. Um, we went, we like, t- like traveled a lot for revivals. So like we would follow revivals um, throughout Kentucky and Indiana and Ohio and Tennessee. Um in West Virginia too, I think, but we would like go to these big revivals and, um, my parents were just like really involved in the church. Uh, my dad, I think thought he was a bit of a preacher himself. He wanted me to be a preacher. Um, teehee, I'm not, but, uh, <laughs> he wanted me to be a preacher. I was from a young age, very charismatic and swishy. Um, but that wasn't really a concern for them at a young age because I was just like charming and like really passionate about uh, church and like the Bible and the way commun- the community of church made me feel at a young age was like really important. So I would like impress these random strangers with my knowledge of the Bible and like I'd be able to like recite things from the Bible and I like from a young age had like a pretty good grip and understanding of like what the message of what I was being taught was, um, I'm whip smart. So I would like be able to kind of think about it with more of an adult brain, if that makes sense mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah. So, um, dad would take me around. I would sing a lot. Um, so I would like any, any opportunity to be involved. I was involved. I mean, like we said, I have a, my hands in everything just about, I was the same way in church. Um, I wanted to be involved and, you know, then I grew up and I was like struggling with being queer, which made me goth. And then I was like acting out or whatever. And church was no longer a safe place for me. I went to a Christian school too. I should say that. Um, and then I came out to my mom and then I went to the Christian school, um, in hopes that I would like not be gay. Um, it didn't work. And then I was told I could leave the school with my credits and go to public school. Um, but because being gay was against the like code of ethics at the school, um, I would be expelled. So of course I took my credits and got my gay ass out of there, went to public school, uh, thought it was going to be like Glee, um, or <laughs> like, like a fun, like weird experience. I thought it was going to be like stylistic and I like romanticized public school. I thought, you know, Obama's president, homophobia is over. Um, it wasn't. And uh, I got bullied a lot because I was very, we're going to say effervescent. And uh, I dropped out because I didn't 
Um, I was angry at the world, and nothing worked out for me, so I dropped out, got my GED, and, um, I was kind of lost for a while, because, like, I didn't know gay people, like, at all, so I ended up meeting a lesbian at work, um, yeah. I worked at Amazon, and then she took me to the connection, and I saw drag for the first time, and I met some, like, um, lovely trans women who, like, basically took me in under their wing and were, like, my new family, because I wasn't talking to my parents, um, and all I really had was, like, a couple of friends and my friend Christina, and she, like, introduced me to my drag mom and my drag family, and then from there, I just, that's, that's my life, I that's where I'm, that. that's how I'm, yeah, that's I how I'm, where I'm at. Yeah, well, I think that's an incredible path because a lot of people would not i feel like you're very young for mm-hmm. and to be a, like your entrepreneurial skills are out there you know you're, you're very involved in media and everything um so for you to make that jump that quick is what i think is tremendous um mm-hmm. from going from a hardcore biblical family i mean I, I relate to you there i've been there and dealt with that but it took me years to start feeling just comfortable with who I was as a person. And you're doing all this, I think, for the community so quickly. So I think that's incredible. Um, let's. So I know you had this this goth phase. Is that yeah. where the really queer content kind of come to play? So I just, um, even from a, like, so, I, okay, I should preface this with my parents were very, 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 very protective of the media that I took in. I wasn't allowed to listen to worldly music, none of that shit. Um, and it was at my aunt's house. The first time I saw a horror movie, I was probably 13, 13 or 14. And my aunt rented on direct TV, Freddy versus Jason. Um, and I saw it and I was like glued. I was so into it. Now, mind you, I hadn't seen any of the pre, like the pre previous films in the franchise. So I knew who Freddy was from like pop culture I knew who Jason was from pop culture. You know, the there's like iconic things about those movies that are important, but I hadn't seen them. So I got to see my first horror movie and it was uh, Freddy vs. Jason. And then that same night we watched Jeepers Creepers. And I was a horror fan from that moment. <laughs> like I was obsessed. And also this is around the time that I started to have access to the internet. So my parents had a Netflix subscription, um, which they didn't know at the time came with their like prototype streaming service. So there were all of these movies that I could watch without them knowing. Um, I was watching Chris Folk and like Ugly Betty, Desperate Housewives, Brothers and Sisters, which had queer characters on it, and a lot of horror movies, like a lot of really dumb, bad horror movies and really good ones, too. But mostly bad ones. It was the early age of streaming, um, which is where I got my appreciation for like, like horror. And I didn't really have a community around it. It was mostly just me. Um, I didn't really know like a lot of other like alternative people. I didn't really have like the framework for what it meant to be like this weird goth girly. Um, but I like, I don't know. It just, I guess, really queer is born out of the love of horror. Um, something I discovered and got really passionate about really quickly. Um, and I want to share that. Also, a lot of queer people today, like younger queer people, even my generation, I'm 30, um, 
a lot of people my age haven't seen some of the like really important queer films. Uh, I say queer films, I mean like Mommy Dearest and John Waters yeah. films and stuff. Um, so I've seen a lot of them and I love them. So I understand the references that we see in like old, like from older drag queens performing their numbers. They like a lot of that stuff goes right over their heads. So really queer was kind of a way for me to introduce them to some of those movies. Cause it's not just horror that I show. I also have shown like girls will be girls. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. It's got a uh, Varla G Merman and um, Coco Peru in it. Um, and it's like a drag queen film that is under the radar. A lot of people haven't heard of, but it's funny. It's problematic, but it's funny. Um, and I get to show younger queer people if they come to really queer, these really interesting, cool things that I'm really passionate about. And then hopefully they'll understand the references when they see them. So. Yeah. And you, um, I know you are an Elvira impersonator. Uh, where did that come from? <laughs> um, so to be honest, when I first got into like horror movies, I was more into like, horror uh the dumb stuff was sometimes too cringy for me um but my now ex-husband introduced me to like elvira and i was kind of like it's just so slapstick and i didn't really have an appreciation for camp yet like i mean i myself was doing camp in drag but um no one makes sydney hampton laugh harder than sydney hampton so i thought i was funny but like other people doing something similar i just wasn't really like I wasn't getting it. I didn't understand the character. Um, it wasn't until I like watched interviews of her, uh, like Cassandra Peterson talking, that I was like, oh, this is exactly what I... This is drag. She's doing drag. And then I like dove into her body of work, watched some of her stuff on um, The Laugh Factory, or Shout Factory, I think it is. Um, and I got really, really into it and just fell in love with her. And now... I mean, my room is literally Elvira now. Like most, I mean, it's a lot of it. A lot of it's, uh, most of it's me. Most of it's posters of shows I've done. But like, I look at the posters and all of them are Sydney Hampton as Elvira. Like that's, that's kind of like my thing now. I mean, how can you not love Elvira? Elvira, when I was coming up, that's who I looked up to, Elvira. I was like, yes, honey, that's who I want to be. Yeah. I mean, she was doing drag and, um, like yeah. an advocate for the community too, which is something that obviously I'm, I like really respect and enjoy. Um, I just think, I just don't think I got her comedy in the beginning. You know, I had very, I, I came up in yeah. like, I came up in the nineties, but I wasn't really absorbing media until 2006, 2008. So like I had no framework. I didn't grow up with her. I knew who she was based on the Coors Light commercial. And that was it. And she was the, she was, they would say that she was the queen of Halloween, but I had no idea what she yeah. did. Yeah. You know, but now that I do, of course, I, I like obsessed with her. And she also just did the In Search of Darkness series, uh, which is a, there's three of these um, docu documentaries that are five hours long, all about horror from different Gosh. decades. So as a person who has a lot of time on their hands, I've, I've watched all of them. And I just got the third one. Wow. Um, I think it just dropped on Shutter, and I got the, the Blu-ray on the way. Um, so, like, I also love that she's, like, 
kind of chronicling and um, archiving in a way the opinions and thoughts of horror movies that are now getting forgotten. She's like kind mm -hmm. of like I've watched it and been like, I've never seen that movie scanners. I'm going to watch that because mm -hmm. everybody's talking about it and it seems really interesting. So now I want to watch it. I love that she's done that because it's given me a lot of like new things to watch. Mm. One question I have for you, because have you competed in any pageants or done anything like that? I did one. Um, I did play yeah. newcomer in 2006. 16 I think the reason why I asked that is because I think it's it's really neat how there's obviously a lot of different types of drag you mm -hmm. know and, and a lot of times people think oh you got to be in the pageants or you got to and you've kind of taken drag and made it your own in terms of media and and that sort of representation is kind of like your cup of tea um, so I just I think that's really neat that you know it's kind of a difference there um, now, obviously something we've got to talk about that that's not a fun topic, um, but I know people are going to want us to address it, uh, is obviously there's the bills that are being fought against drag being in public spaces. Yeah. Um, I know this will directly affect you probably more so than even, you know, people that perform at play in those kind of areas, um, that are actual, you know, gay bar establishments, you know, you're going to communities, to colleges, those kind of things. What's your thoughts as this goes through? Well, my first thought is that it's all bullshit. Um, right. <laughs> I hate this. I think it's stupid. I'm honestly, I think that the drag bill is more or less just a, um, the drag bill is a more attention grabbing bill, you know, because everybody's thinking, why are they going after drag queens? Drag queens have existed mm -hmm. forever. Um, right. It pains me as a drag queen to see these bills, but also drag used to live underground before RuPaul's Drag Race drag yeah. was underground. It yeah. was yeah. not what it is today. Drag is resilient. I am resilient. I survived COVID and I still found a way to produce content. That's whenever the <laughs> podcast was born because movie night was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I needed a creative outlet to engage the audience and like, have conversations the way that I was having them really queer was born because I actually quit drag and then I came back to do movie night I was only doing drag to do movie night that's all I cared about I didn't want to perform I had a falling out with the city of Louisville generally um, and I fell out of love with drag as a result and I just wasn't happy performing it wasn't my it just I was very unhappy with myself and my drag and like yeah. what it looked like so really queer was like my one creative outlet which led to me falling back in love with drag and i started performing again but i'm resilient drag is resilient these bills are stupid mm -hmm. but we will survive and also they probably won't last the ones that i'm really concerned about are the ones that could last the ones that are more i think the, I think the drag bills are more or less just a, the like, like a diversionary tactic to get what sure. they really want to get done, which is to eradicate trans people from existence, especially children, mm -hmm. to make sure that those kids don't grow up to be people like me, and, um, like I mean, all my, almost all of my friends are trans, and I think about 
how incredibly crushing it is for them. You know, I'm not on HRT, and I don't really desire to be necessarily. Um, but I think about how scary it must be for them to not be able to have access to their medication because they're on a lot of them are on Medicaid, mm-hmm. and if this bill goes yeah. through, they won't be able to get their H like their HRT their their treatment through the state, which means they can't afford it, and they already struggle. You know, they're trans. You know, getting a job's not as easy. There's discrimination in the workplace. Kentucky's an at-will state. They can get fired for any reason at all. They can get fired for being ugly. They can get fired for being um, tardy to, like, tardy back from break. They can get fired for anything, anything at all. They can make any excuse they want and fire them, really, because they're trans or gay or, um, you know, not, not fitting in with, like, the cishet normality so i can't even like encourage them like maybe we just maybe we just go to work at you know humana or something because none of those corporations are ever going to give a shit about us truthfully i'm not an optimist when it comes to corporations i should put that out of the way so i don't trust corporations to ever take care of us they're not speaking up now so do we think that they're going to be the ones to save us no um i think it's I think that that's the thing I'm scared the most of is like, what's going to happen to my friends? What's going to happen to the young, the young trans kid who says in confidence to a person they trust at school that they're trans. And then a teacher calls their parents because they are supposed to, and then they go home and they get the shit beat out of them or they get sent to a school in hopes that they won't be that way anymore. And I, I barely survived it. I didn't go to conversion school by any means. I went to a Christian school, but like yeah. being surrounded by that all the time was damaging. And I still feel like what I call Christian guilt. Like I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing in the world. I know that. But also sometimes late at night, that thought creeps up and I have to like push that, that, shit that was drilled into me down and I worry for those kids that's yeah that's what I'm that's what I'm furious about yeah, the drag bills superficial for the most part you know but those other like the other bills are not superficial those are actually going to truly kill people you know drag will live on it always has yeah yeah no that's I would completely agree with you I think that the the anti-trans bills are far worse um, in comparison. And it's yeah. it's kept me up late at night watching all the TikTok videos from just people that are speaking out against it and, and hearing the stories of, you know, how quickly their children change, you know, from wanting to commit suicide to living a life that's just full of love and laughter. And yeah. like to take that away from them and to take that away from the parents' decisions to try to help their child yeah. is... I mean, to me, it's just evil. I mean, there's it's no evil. other it's way about it. It's, it's just evil. evil. And it's just the, it's just one of, it's just the starting point. It's going to start with the lowest hanging fruit, which is the most marginalized, which is trans people, specifically mm-hmm. trans people of color. Once they're, once they're done eradicating those people, they'll move on. They've already started to introduce bills to try and give people the, like, give, um, uh, clerks and stuff, the right to decline to marry people uh, 
who are same sex or right. interracial. Girl, this is 2023, yeah. girl. What yeah. are you fucking talking about? Interracial? That's obscene. Like, it's obvious. It's also obscene to deny it to same sex couples. We've, we've already fought this fight and we won. Yeah. They literally, it's. I don't understand. I do understand. But I also don't understand how the fuck these people get into office who introduce these kinds of bills. I think we are all right there. Like, we're all right in this point where we have dealt with this kind of, we're like, we've already dealt with this. Why are we coming back and circling back? And it's just completely absurd to have to reface this in our lifetime. But one thing I would point out, because I know we're all stressed and we're all scared, you know, we're all scared. And that's the truth, because these people have power, you know, in Kentucky, they've got a a veto proof majority, like these bills will go through. We just have to try to, you know, change them as much as we can before they get there. Yeah. Interesting how they, where their priorities lie. Interesting that the party of small government um, wants to overreach into everybody's, everybody's business. Isn't that interesting? It's so crazy. It's like they're, it's like they're liars. That's crazy. I, I love, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying I mean, they're liars. I'm just saying it's almost like, it's almost as if they're big, dirty, nasty hypocrites. Hypocrisy is the only yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, like I mean, that. they just got through fighting, uh, allowing kids to not have to wear a mask in school due with COVID. Yeah. And yet they're they're now forcing, you know, trans kids to detransition. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's, about, it's about, it's about personal freedoms and rights when it fits their agenda. It, infuriates me yeah. Yeah. Ooh, i'm mad Ooh, i'm mad the, i'm hot <laughs> i was laughing at the uh what was it is it the lieutenant governor in tennessee that was commenting on the gay man oh that was so oh my messy. god yeah that was so messy and was like, i was like tennessee this his interview is like i'm like boo you got called out like like that I, was just like that shocked the hell out of me. That was oh, so funny when that came out. With his face, I'm like, dude, you were like nice body or something. I'm like, oh my god, like this is crazy. And then he was like, could bring- uh, I just like to make my constituents feel heard and seen. <laughs> no, girl, you're thirsty and horny. I trust me. Yeah. I'm. Hey, me too. It's okay. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Wake up your pride and stop trying to legislate bullshit against trans people and queer people when you yourself love the dolls. Okay? Yeah. Like, the people who hate us the most usually have a little sugar in their tank. And I know that's, like, problematic to say or whatever, but I'm saying it anyway. These people hate us yeah. because they want to be us. We are more interesting, and I'm going to, I'm saying this, yeah. is this is this a video podcast? Can they see me? Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you yeah. are, <laughs> if you are somehow seeing this on TikTok or something, and you hate people like me, I want you to know that I am far more interesting than you will ever be. And everyone on this panel is far more interesting than you will ever be. You're boring, girl. Figure it out. <laughs> I hate... Oh, I'm mad. Oh, I'm hot and sweaty. Ew! <laughs> will you hit me I, I think we've all gotten there. Because, girl... <laughs> I'm literally hot. I can't... I went to a thing today um, at the courthouse uh, at City Hall, and it was like a like a committee plea basically to legislators to stop and to also to to Kentuckians to like kind of rally them to like act. Um, And it was a, it was, it was kind of um, 
somber because we all we all know it's it's coming. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a lot we can do other than like kick and scream and yell and you know maybe some of us can wield bricks. Yeah. But I watched uh, Simone talk is... about it and it was heartbreaking. It was yeah. wow. It's been a day. I mean, I think that's the thing. Everybody's got those stories. I think we are all so stressed, wore out. We're tired of fighting, but we know we got to keep going. Um, So one thing I did want to talk about briefly, and I kind of want to get both of your all's views. We've got a lot of people out there that are just like us, that are advocates, um, that are getting wore out and tired. What do you all do to relax during these difficult times to kind of give yourself some some breath and some rejuvenation um, while all this is going on. I have a foolproof. Um, I have a foolproof <laughs> plan for that. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> you will often see that I share videos of dogs and cats doing literally anything. <laughs> um, this is how I survive the day. <laughs> Every day <laughs> is a new hellscape. So I'll just yeah. go on here and I'll watch videos of dogs and cats being cute or little, little uh, videos of chickens, um, like just like <laughs> being on the farm and like playing with goats or like befriending a cow. That shit makes me so happy. And that's what I, that's how I like when the world gets too much and I'm like, wouldn't it be so silly if I just like, you know, the void's calling and I'm like, what if I just drove into the river? And I'm like, girl, don't do that. You need, you got work to do. Um, you got a meeting at five. So instead, I just go on my little phone, and I look at my For You page, and I see all the little dogs and cats, and that helps me survive. <laughs> also, text a, like text one of your girls. Like, if I'm having a shit day, I live with two of the best people I know, and I can just mm-hmm. go out and reach out to them and be like, girl, I know you hate hugs. Would it be crazy if you gave me a hug right now because I kind of want to die? And then they're like, ugh, okay, get over here. And then I like, can talk to them. Feel better. Just don't isolate yourself. Don't do that. That's the last thing we need right now is to like isolate ourselves from our community. Like if they're gonna come for us and they're gonna take our meds and they're gonna make us go into like full dysphoria, we're not gonna survive on our own. Like, please don't don't isolate yourself. Your people are still here yeah. for you. The government yeah. has always been shitty, and it will continue to be shitty. And Republicans will continue to Republican, but. Your friends, your sisters need you, like, desperately, especially now. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Leo, what are you doing to rejuvenate? I kind of like, I mean, I like music and, I mean, you know I'm very spiritual, so that's my, I like to somber down with, like, little gospel music and look contemporary, casual. Okay. You know, I I just tune every t- turn everything off, put my music on, and just let let the the word flow through me. Oh yeah, there you go. That sounds like that sounds like a style, honestly. I mean, yeah, I always like I I again I grew up bad. I grew up uh, well Baptist. Then um, I went to a Catholic church and thought I was Catholic. I wanted to be Catholic. Then I got into my first relationship and his parents was Baptist. So I went back to Baptist. So I've always been a religious type of person. Um, and so I just, I always make time to find time to, um, keep that 
some sort of that in my in my schedule. Since I don't go to church, I stopped going to church years ago. Um, but um, I always try to like keep a, a relationship of that the Christian side. So like, um, anytime anybody get in my car, if you get in my car right now, it is on the Gospel <laughs> Channel, and. I mean, people get in my car and be like, girl, what you listening to? I'm like, I praise <laughs> the Lord. I'm praising him when I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Girl, yeah. So, no. But, uh, yeah, no, gospel gospel music is my, my go-to, my escape. Yeah. I think for me lately, I've, like, I've had to get just – like a break with fiction books like that. I just dive into a fiction book, yeah. like something that's not real and just something completely imaginative. Um, Cause that's really the only thing that's been calming yeah. me down. Cause I, you know, it's, I've told everybody I'm a very calm collected person, 99% of the time. Yeah. But these bills have drove me to the point of if I'm feeling it to the point where I could become violent, you know, and honestly, like if somebody approached me and, and started talking like this and I could become violent, I can only imagine what people who haven't been trained in how to be a political activist and haven't had that sort of teaching are feeling. And yeah. so that's what scares me is that there's going to be violence even coming from our community towards these people in terms yeah. of actual real violence. And then I also think what I'm seeing and what I, I want to kind of briefly uh, get on my soapbox here. I'm seeing a lot of um, targeting within our own community. So, you know, I'm seeing trans people that are, that are saying that cis people and, and straight people should do more and allies should do more and, you know, different things like that. And I'm also seeing people in the LGBTQ community trying to say, well, we just need to distance ourselves from transgender people. And now is not the time to, be divisive at all. And so I really, I just want to preach to all of (laughs) y'all. This is my preacher moment. Stop doing that. We're in this together. And the only way we're going to survive it is together. Together. Um, You know, now I'm not saying if you're an ally that your voice isn't going to help us a lot more than, than other, you know, so make sure you are making your voice heard. Um, But just stop the, the targeting between the groups. I think, um, Another thing I just want to point out is I get so tired of the memes that uh, that are like show the pictures of all the kids in the pageantry or point uh, out the hypocrisy. Yeah. Because my thing is, is like, I don't want to spread that even on those kids like that was wrong for them to have to go through that. And like, so I think our community just needs to do a little better job of like, you know, you can speak about the hypocrisy, but don't. Uh, embrace the spread of it i guess yeah. is is what i would say i have seen some of those um, memes end up the kids get blurred because it's i think some of them do that I think, yeah i think that's an appropriate way if you're going to do it that's an appropriate way to do it because mm-hmm. those memes. i think the point of those memes isn't right now we're a lot we're largely in an echo chamber everyone's saying right. what can what do we got to do and the reality is like queer people have been fighting this already we need, yeah. we do need our allies to step up. We need people who've profited off of queer bodies and queer talent to really like engage, speak up, say something. You have a, if you yeah. are, if you are RuPaul Andre Charles and you have this huge platform, you have yeah. millions of cis straight people yeah. of all backgrounds watching your show. 
who enter who enjoy your queer entertainers. Say something. If you're Ariana Grande, say something. You have all of these yeah. people who you can reach. You can say it could be a thirty second TikTok that you make or you share something on your Instagram page. And she's she, like Ariana's done that with um like gun violence and stuff. Um mm-hmm. so like I expect to see the the like out al- the people who've been allies or said that they're allies really step up and, and try to to bring awareness because we can't stop this right now, yeah. can we? There's not really anything yeah. that can be done. That's if true. everyone now that knows you say that it I, it's really true that I think about these people like uh, Dookie Hauser. What's his name? Have he said anything? You know, um, Luke, Luke, I, I don't know his name, Luke something. something like, they, you're right. Now that I think about that, you know, yeah. people step up. People, like, if you've, yeah. if you've profited off of drag queens, like, Miley Cyrus had drag queens at the Dead Pets tour. I don't and know if Miley said anything. Yeah. Um, if uh, Megan Trainer hasn't said anything, you know, she should be saying something. If, uh, I mean, Ariana's gone to drag shows and she's celebrated queer people before. So, like, yeah. now we're under attack. So all of these entertainers need to be saying well, something. Trent- Beyonce yeah. needs to be saying something. She's yeah. been using, yeah. like, she's used, like, trans house women music as, She's used trans women as backup yep. dancers in her single ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's Rihanna. Re- yeah. Yeah, we yeah. need all of these people, not just a few of yeah. them. Kesha, we need all of these people to be actively supporting queer people right now and the best way to do that if you have a big ass platform either this is if you have privilege privilege is not a bad thing privilege can be used yeah in a way that's that's good so do that girl like it's not rocket science the dolls need you all you got to do is make a little instagram post it's not even like real activism it's just posting something on instagram that can make a difference. Right. Like you have that kind of power, use it. I can make, I can make ninety second TikToks all day about this, but I have a tiny itty bitty little platform. I'm not going to affect a lot of change. And I think that what we need to do as a community is try and get our message out to more people. But I think celebrities right. could really, really do that for us. No, I mean, I completely agree. Everybody needs to speak up, celebrities especially, and and corporations need to fucking speak up. And especially the ones that are in those states that are profiting in those states need to say something. And that's especially the ones that like who like to be in our pride parades. Absolutely. Who like to to put their their logos, uh, like, like, like drench their logos and rainbow flags and then not monitor the comments on the profile picture where people are being mm-hmm. vile and nasty. They love right. to use your imagery to make themselves look progressive. You want to be progressive? Step up. Stop yeah. playing around. I think if you're if if your company makes a statement every pride month for your LGBTQ people, then you need to make a public statement period right now. And I think and, I think they're fearful know, of like trying to not be too political. Girl, being queer is political. Until people leave us alone, being queer is political. You want to stand with us in June? Do it the whole damn year. Otherwise, stop using our imagery. Stop using queer bodies and queer voices to make yourselves look like y'all are doing something special. If If you are a healthcare organization and you are not fighting these bills, you have queer and trans people that 
your insurance covers. If you are not actively a part of the solution or a contingency plan to ensure that your um, the people that you cover and that you're in charge of still get that care, you're fake. I'm looking at one that's yeah. right here in Louisville. You're fake. Like, that is yeah. so upsetting. And I guarantee you will see them in June. I guarantee you will see them in June where there's no drag queens, just corporations walking around trying to act like they're doing something special. You're not. It's fake. Fake activism. I think they've, I think they've already bought a uh, vendor spot. So... You may want to check Great. into that. I'm pretty sure they have. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. Pride will be very interesting this year. Yeah. Pride will be very interesting this year. Because if it's outside and not in a convention center, it's going to be really interesting this year. I'll just say that. Yeah. Because I'm going to be ugly. And by ugly, yeah, I, I, I mean I'm going to be causing... On. I, don't, I don't think we're going to not do it. No, I'm sure we're going to do it. It's just going to, it's either going to oh, be yeah. cringily, like, not for us anymore, or it's going to be about the corporation. I'm going to tell you, the first, the first drag queen that get arrested and goes to jail is going to be history. It, it, that's going to be the, 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 the queen. I've already talked to a couple of the girls. I'm like, as soon as this, as soon as it was like, we're starting to hear from like people who understand laws better. And they're like, yeah, girl, it's going to go through. We, I was like, we were all just kind of like, all right. So we're getting arrested, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I hope everybody's, yeah. I hope everybody's down to do it. Like the reality is, if this went through with the old language, like I'm a homeowner, I'm also a full time drag queen. You take away my drag, I lose my house. I lose my house. I have nothing left to lose. So, yeah. do you want angry, desperate, blue collar people? Like, do you want more of that? No. So they changed the verbiage or whatever to make it, like, easier or whatever. So I'm not going to lose my house. But I'm still willing to go to jail for it. I don't care. Like, what's going to happen? But I miss it, a gig. I'll be out. People are going to pay my defense fund. People are going to pay for all the girls who get arrested. The first trans woman who gets arrested at Target for... Just being in her like her day to day look, girl. That's that right there. That's gonna be history because it. Yeah. I, no, she's gonna be in textbooks, and I can't wait. I, I mean, I can. I would love for that not to happen, but I can't wait right. to like. I can't wait to lift this woman up and be like icon, legend, star. She is the moment. We're gonna pay to right. make sure she gets taken care of, and when she gets done with this, she's never gonna have to work again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think the, the hardest part about all of this will be the up and coming drag queens, you know, because they're not going to have the spots to perform yeah, that, yeah. you know, that are local and, you know, yeah. just need people to come be a part of that. So, yeah. I mean, without your up and comers, you can't have your main stagers, you know, the ones that perform at your bars every weekend. Yeah. They yeah. got to have experience somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's still going to hurt. It's still going to hurt no matter what. Um, and I think we've got to fight it. But unfortunately, it's. We know that we're going to get hit with something. So it, it's not. Um, it is, it's, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it, even if it passes through, like there's no more. How many of us paint at home and drive to the bar? Imagine how that's going to be. You have to now. You have to just bring everything to the bar, get painted at the bar, then yeah. take it off at the bar. <laughs> you know, because 
I already, which I do, but that's, that's like one person. I don't know anybody else who does, who yeah. like, I mean, Leah knows, she's seen me, she's seen me come through, she sees me leave, it's like four yeah. trips, but yeah. not everybody can yeah. do that. <laughs> not everybody has the, has the, the, I drive an, I basically drive an SUV, like, yeah. I could fit all my drag in my car, but not everybody can. Some people drive Mini Coops. Yeah. And my makeup case alone takes up, like, a full seat in my car. Yeah. So, I just... All of this is infuriating. I think it's going to require the bars to really step up and provide better spaces for... Like, I think of yeah. my the bar that I used to work at, the space is not ideal for painting and for storage. Like, there were ca- like we were on casts there, and we, we couldn't leave anything behind. And... I think that's something, like, I mean, the Playmates are, like, covered. Y'all got a closet and stuff, so, like, you can store your drag there. But for, like, the queens that work at other bars who don't have that, like, they they have to start providing it. Or queens are going to have to live out of their car. And in Louisville, if a drag queen leaves a wig in the car, it goes missing. We have to throw a a fundraiser. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've heard this story, (laughs) but I don't know that we should talk about it. It's like it's one of those guys. I know that uh, in Louisville, do not leave any drag in your car. Yeah, don't do it. Oh, God. (laughs) On that note, I I do want to change the topic back to you. We've talked a lot about these bills, and I think that was a very important uh, conversation. Um, I want to talk a lot, well, a little, a lot about Love Bites um, and how you all are putting that show together and, and that sort of thing. Are you literally using my poster to fan myself? Um, So, I guess I'll start with, like, how I got, like, how it got started. Um, I've been wanting to do, like, I have a lot. I'm an idea girl, obviously. I have my, I have, like, multiple things that I've put together. Movie night, slay, um, a lot of failed projects, um, and then my podcast. But I really enjoy doing podcasts because... I get to, like, obviously, I love to talk a lot. Um, And I also think that I'm smart, and I think I give good advice. Now, some people would disagree, but I think I have good advice. Like, my heart is always in the right place. And I thought, like, me and Gilda have a really interesting dynamic and a kind of a bizarre history. Um, But we work really well together. And we have a lot of, like, similar but also very different takes on relationships and love and sex. And um, I was married for 10 years, so I just recently started dating again. Um, And I've learned a lot in a short amount of time. And a lot of that was because of things that I learned from, like, conversations with Gilda. so I was like, girl, let's do a podcast together. And it took us a while to get started. You know, she's a busy lady, but we did get started. And the response has been great. Um, I wanted to do like a Dear Abby-esque podcast, but I didn't just want it to be me. I need more than one perspective. And um, our our the way that we communicate and the way that we bounce off of one another has always been interesting. Um, I if she if she gets this if she gets the flu, I get a gig. Like. She'll call me in to host in her place because um, we, we have, like, a good dynamic and, like, we're both – we have we have similar skill sets in ways 
and then very but also like very different skill sets too so it's just like a good pairing um so we got to, we got our questions in and like started reading them and then we talk about them and we get to pull from experience because again we're underqualified and over caffeinated so like we are trying our best to stay on topic about things. Um, it could be a question about safe sex. Uh, it could be questions about fetish, um, kink. It can be a question about how do I tell my boyfriend or my partner that I want to um, open the relationship? How do I talk to my partner about blah, 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 blah. And we get to address it based on our own experiences in a fun, silly fabulous way because we're both in and out in and out of our drag we still carry the same character regardless which is another reason why i think we're good fits because it's literally like the only thing different about me when i have a wig on is i'm prettier i'm hotter and uh i look i look better under this kind of lighting right right but the character the personality is the same the fire is the same like it's she's always She's always on, and Guild is the same way. So podcasting really works for us. And I, I love that you all are providing that because it it is a unique podcast for the Kentucky area. I mean, that's honestly one of the some of the top questions we got whenever we would allow people to submit were more you know sexual, sexual. dating that sort of advice that they wanted. And, well, you know, that's us. not really what we cover. We'll so so we will send you those questions. Oh, yeah. and, no, girl, you know uh, I got the sexual ones covered. I, I love oh, the yeah, sexual question. You have you have answered a few. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that said, um, Love Bites is listener supported. We have to have questions to make content. So if you have a question for me and Gilda um, about anything, really, it could be about identity. We say love, sex, and relationships, but really anything that you'd like to un- like have our input on, uh, send it to Really Queer Pod. R e e l y p. Nope. R-E-E-L-Y-Q-U-E-E-R-P-O-D at gmail.com. She's so much better at, at reciting it. I always I always stumble. But, yeah, <laughs> and so that, that will be a link in our comments as well. So you'll see that, and that's where you'll submit those questions to them. So, all right. Um, we have two more things that we got to do with every show. Um, one is I want a like one of your funniest stories from being LGBTQ, part of the community. Um, so like maybe something's happened to you while you were in drag or, uh, can be really anything, but, um, it's less of a story and more like a recurring occurrence. Um, I always say that I'm like, so the pageant that I, that I told you I did, um, I brought a package that I was really proud of head to toe, like everything was like. Uh, the gown wasn't made by me, but like the the concept of the gown, the concept of the talent, the everything was my idea. I'm and I was like really into it, and I got uh, I won my creative evening wear, um, but I came second. And I typically feel often that I am like second, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. You know, I might it's not like a win some lose some. I'm pretty like I I coast just at like under under the best of the best um and i don't take that as like a as like a failure um i well i am every i am a lot of people's like one of i am a lot of people's one of their favorite 
Queens. But I was at the bank doing a deposit for Hot Topic, um, where I used to work. And I go in and, you know, I'm, I show up, I have a pink mullet, uh, or had a pink mullet. Um, and I go in, I have my really queer podcast crop top and they're like, Oh, you know, you, you do drag. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I was, I just had a show yesterday. And they're like, Oh, where? And I'm like, Oh, I did a show at Lemu. Like, Oh, I love Lemu. Champagne's my favorite drag queen. And I was like, okay, well my shirt clearly says Sydney Hampton. So you could have said that, but that's fine. Um, oh. my roommates are two of like Louisville's best performers, uh, champagne. She's at, at she's underscore champagne on Instagram. Um, is like crazy creative, so capable, fabulous dancer, captivating to watch. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then Estelle, who I've referenced a couple times, uh, at UV dragon, UV underscore dragon on Instagram. Um, she can dance. She can buck. She can give you a performance just standing still in a gown singing she can sing yeah she can bitch mm-hmm. sings she'll be in the shower mm-hmm. um just <laughs> giving a performance maybe broadway and i live with two of these people and i'm just kind of like <laughs> sitting over here with my stupid ass dolly parton hair like you know and <laughs> i just i think it's funny because I ha- I've, sur- I've, I've like came up with some of the most amazing performers. Like one of my oh. like best friends for years was Salem Bish Trials and she does like ballet and like she's placed top 10 at pageants and she's like a, a credible performer. Um, I've had friends who've, who've moved, who've done great things, you know, like uh, Ryan Coomer is working on like in Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. used to it designed my winning newcomer gown and is now working in Hollywood, making well, costumes yeah. for that lady who played Agatha in yeah. that one show. You don't know, know the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I've had crazy talented friends. And I often find myself kind of being like the, the Zeppo. I don't know if anybody watches Buffy, <laughs> but the Zeppo is like, you know, the second fiddle. And that's fine. Like, I get to be around all these cool people, and I still get to do cool shit. Um, that's know. why I do the things that I do. Because I can't, I'm not, I'm never going to be able to dance like, like those girls. I'm never going to be able to look yeah. like those girls. And I it's started not even about this. that. You're, you're just, you're unique in your own way. Yeah. And people will I have, love you I have your... talents. They're just yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. They're different talents. Yeah. I, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely a Sydney fan. You know, I love you to death. So, um, and, and the it, cool shit you can do, they can't do. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you can do a podcast, you can yeah. edit videos, like they yeah. can't do that. So no, you're, no, you're, no. Touch, you're touching people in a different way than yeah. they are. People say that they love to hear what I have to say or yeah. that they love the way yeah. my brain works. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Like I might not be, yeah. you know, I'm not ever going to be the softest girl. I'm not always, I'm never going to be like the most beautiful girl. And that's okay. I might, I'm never going to be the best dancer. That's okay because. Yeah. I like, I take it as like, it's funny when it happens and someone is like, yeah. like, oh, you're my favorite queen is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm literally wearing my own merch. You can lie to me it, and make my day. It happens, <laughs> to, it happens to it happens all to of everybody. us, girl. Like, like, not just It's just you. funny. Yeah. I mean, I, like I, can tell you, I can tell you, I can tell you, I'll be at play and somebody be like, 
um, is Michael back there? And I'm like, yeah, can you go get him? I want to take a picture. I mean, that he's my favorite. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll straight up. I'll just, I'll just look at it. I'll, I'll be like, if I'm at the door and somebody asks me that, I'm like, I'm turning around and being like, you want to take a picture with who? I look like this. And you want to take a picture with that girl bath. And then go I'm get them. Some, somebody wants a picture with you. Like, I'm going to tell stink. you what makes me, what gets under my skin is when they say you're my, they be like, oh my God, you're my favorite. But then you go on Instagram and they got a video of Sydney. They got a video of everybody else, but you, bitch. <laughs> and it's like, girl, you said I'm your favorite, but you ain't got no videos of me. You didn't, yeah. you didn't snap and video everybody but me. Yeah. <laughs> where's, I'm like, where's, where's my moment? Where's my flowers? <laughs> where's my fl- I went up there. And I I did a I did a uh, an eight count for I did one eight count one eight count the entire night and you didn't cut you didn't get that on film, girl, that's oh fine. Gosh. No, I just like I think, it's, I think it's always been funny because like I used to I did take it personally for a long time. Coming up with like really talented yeah. girls can be really tough on you whenever you're constantly oh, yeah. being compared to or comparing yourself to them. And I came up with dancers. So I always felt like I wasn't enough or like, I, am I really entertaining? Do I really belong up there? But yeah. like, that's, I think too, like there's different styles of drag. Like I like to, yeah. I, ca- I, when I'd like describe my drag to someone. I'm like, I'm a storyteller. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to do fancy by Reba or mostly country music. And a lot of that country music is going to be like very storytelling driven. And that's what I'm going to be doing up there. Yeah. And it's not as exciting. You know, no one's going to be, like, banging. It's not going to be like whenever I'm at a show and, and the girls are doing uh, a Megan Thee Stallion medley and I'm, like, banging on the stage, screaming, throwing money. Right. It's a different kind of kind of drag. So sometimes it's, like, not the most exciting moment of the night, but it's still valuable. Yeah. So I don't, I don't take it personally. I, I always say it's not, it's, not, it's not what you do. It's how you present it. And mm-hmm. long as you're having fun doing it that's all that matters it's not about who makes the most money or who's yeah. getting that most money it's about enjoying yourself when you're on that stage and if you're having fun then that's nothing else you're not in competition with nobody nobody yeah. you need to be having I say, fun I, I look at when it. you walk on that stage yeah i look at it now like i haven't i mean i changed my drag a little bit to like be more palatable so i could get the gigs yeah. but I still get to do the kind of drag that feels right for me. It feels authentic. Yeah. I'm doing a lot less of like the campy horror drag. Yeah. But also that's like from an audience perspective, they want that in October. So yeah. I, I like changed a little bit, but like I get to, I get to pay them. Like I get to do this full time now. I never yeah. thought that I would be that kind of girl. And it just goes to show like anybody, like all, all drag is valid. And if you really apply yes, yourself, yeah, if you apply yes. yourself, you can, you can get up there and be somebody who's like top in their, their city's like, yeah, uh, drag scene. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate to cut this uh, conversation short and Sydney, you are one of the kinds that we could literally talk to for five hours and, and just continue this conversation. Um, but I want to do our quick round of final questions. Um, so time for you to be able to ask me and Leah a question. Um, and then for us to kind of ask a final question to you. Um, I will start and ask you this first question. Okay. Um, and my final round question is, 
I am not a horror fan. <laughs> I know gasp. But if there was uh, one horror movie that you, if, if I was forced to sit down with Leah and watch it, what would you recommend that I had to watch? I'm looking at my DVD shelf. <laughs> um, okay. So there's horror is such a big genre. There's so many right, subgenres yeah. within horror. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, I think for you, uh, like from what we've talked about today, um, I think Carrie would be a great one to recommend because it's not going to be too scary. Um, it's not like a, it's a horror film, but it's not like, like boo, you know? Okay. Um, but it's something that can, you can really that. chew on. <laughs> you can chew on that for a long time and like think about it and it's going to leave you disturbed. It's got all the elements of queerness. It's got religious trauma, bullying, um, authority figures who don't get it and don't try to. Uh, it's got punishment for being for for like existing and being what you are and who you are and how your body responds to things like her like the whole movie starts off with her having like a period. Um, you can replace that with being queer and find by having attraction to boys. Um, and it's also got vengeance, which we all think about. Like every queer person at some point wants to deck the bully. Yeah. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. yep. Mm. And it's, it's got all of those elements. So I think that it would be a good one for you to watch. And you can watch it while listening to a really queer podcast episode with me and Gilda where we talk about Carrie. Plug. All right. Yeah. There we go. All right. So, Leah, have you ever seen Carrie? I've Otherwise seen we Carrie. Go... I've, seen the, I've right. seen the O and the new. Okay. What's your favorite? I will have to watch it. Um, I have to go with the, the original. The original? Okay. The original. It's, when they do a remake, it's, it's never the same. Like... Like, Poltergeist is one of my favorites, and the remake to Poltergeist was awful. Yeah, um, it was I just it watched I just watched the Poltergeist fr- franchise a few days ago, one and two, and that movie was amazing. Like, I'm I'm into, I love the, I you know you talked about the older, more campier horror mm-hmm. shows, like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Blob, mm-hmm. uh, The Thing, mm-hmm. uh, The Mist. I love mm-hmm. things like that. I want to, uh, my question for you is like, what are your thoughts about the Texas Massacre uh, franchise? Chainsaw Massacre. So I love, I love Texas Massacre. <laughs> uh, specifically the fourth one, The Next Generation, because it's high camp and mm-hmm. completely stupid. It's got Renee Zellweger yeah. and uh, what's that man's name? Um, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew, yeah. Um, it's a garbage film and I love it. I love yeah. I love and I also feel that character is that the character did drag, you know? Yeah. That's why that's part of the reasons why that's been a staple for me. I've showed it twice now. Because I'm like yeah. this is gay and Leatherface is yeah. literally putting on lipstick while listening to and... <laughs> Yeah. You know, she's like putting on her lipstick, feeling her oats. She doesn't even yes. kill anybody. I'm saying she, because at this point Leatherface is yeah. like she's donning she's in full high whore drag sitting at the dinner table and then like uh somebody says something and she just gets up and screams and renee's like screams. Fuck yes. fuck up. <laughs> and i live for that but i love is that is I that the, the one with renee is that the one with renee and matthew yeah yeah when she does the, the, i've been trying to find that one because there's so many that's but i've been looking for that one 
I have it on Facebook. If you go to my videos, I put the really queer edit where it's it's the only it's the only one that Facebook let me upload. Um, that's the, of copyright. That one, yeah, that's the funniest one because that bitch put that lipstick on. Yeah, she's just sitting there. She's listening to like French, like some French pop like song, and she's just getting her life. And then it cuts to a full moon, and then it's like it's like dinner scene, and yeah. Renee's like sitting there. She's mad as hell, and she just like. Like, like acting just the the story goes left and the acting gets yeah. and dumber and yeah. the reveal of matthew mcconaughey is so stupid and i love it i love yeah. the whole series i don't do well with yeah. body horror though so it's it's a little harder for me to like revisit the 2003 question mark 2004 remake yeah. um yeah. i love the i love the texas chainsaw remakes um from the like early 2000s but yeah. i i don't do well with gore like friday the 13th I can watch that shit all day, yeah. but there's something about the the grisly, like bones, yeah. bones cracking and like being. See, put on a meat I hook. can't, yeah. I can't do Saw. I don't watch any of the Saw, uh, franchises. I can't do mm. any like bones and stuff. Yeah. I don't. I grew. I don't like de- demonic. But I'm gonna tell you this. I did love uh, Insidious. I <gasps> like. I don't. I don't like. Uh, like, what's the other one? Um. Uh. Uh, the, the Exorcist. No, The Exorcist. Oh. I don't do demonic. Like demonic terrifies me. Yeah, it terrifies anything me. that anything that it. shows anything that shows horns, a character with horns or anything. I don't. I don't do. So you're not gonna go see the new Evil Dead Rise? No. <laughs> what if you just? But like, I what do. If, like... What if you did? What if you like? What, what? What if you like? What if you came with the girlies and went and saw it? Listen, I won't even. <laughs> the girl's been trying to get me to go to a haunted house. I won't even go into a haunted I house. Won't do that at all. I won't go into a haunted house at all. I don't. I don't want to do it. I just there's just something about demonic and possession that I don't. Um, and I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, when I was about 22, 23, I watched The Exorcist, and I was ill for t- three weeks, like vomiting, and I just I was I was really ill. So I I just can't do anything. There were so many people like who that. like it really affected like that. I yeah. watched it and I was like, this is camp. Like I was <laughs> looking, but also if I if I was like younger when I saw it, it would have it would have really messed me up. Yeah, but I was already an adult by then, so a lot of things just yeah. I'm I mean, I feel like I can watch horror. it now. I can watch it now, but I I just choose not to. Um, which is weird because I watched the series, the Exorcist, the series, mm-hmm. the show. Did you ever watch that? Mm-mm. I saw it. I okay. saw stuff about it and I never got around to it. It's hard for me to it commit to a really TV good. show. Yeah, it it was really good, but um, no, I I um, so yeah, that was I love that the older movies, um, Living Dead and like I'm into I'm more into zombies and werewolves and aliens. Those are my type of. Horror. Are you watching The Last of Us? I just watched the oh, finale last good. night. Don't, I'm don't only on. I just no, I'm, the finale. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I haven't watched past four yet because I've been busy. But I I do want to sit down and like watch it. Yeah. Also, I have to watch that show when I'm in a headspace to be able to do it because episode three, yeah. literally, I didn't want. Like I was supposed to, I was supposed to go out that night and I think I did, but I was in a bad mood. I was like yeah. sad and depressed and like if I, somebody's like. Hey girl, you're you're being off tonight. What's going on? I don't want to be like, I'm just upset because Last of Us Three was sad. Like I don't want that. So I'm just like nothing. I'm fine. I said I'm fine. 
So, yeah, I guess my question oh, for you then oh. is, like, what are y'all watching right now? Give me recommendations. Um, well, The Last of Us, um, I'm watching that. And honestly, that's... Oh, okay, so The Last of Us. And then I'm loving uh, Jimmy... Kim- Jimmy, not... Is it Jimmy Campbell? Jimmy Campbell? Is that a name? Is that a name? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, like Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Yeah. So he has a show called That's My Jam. Yeah, he has a show called That's My Jam. Jim- Jimmy Fallon. That's what- he has a show called That's My Jam. I absolutely love. I'm in love with that show. But yeah, I think he's charming. It's, celeb- like it's celebrities singing karaoke, but he makes them do. It's it's so campy. It's so good. But yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm I you just talking about that? Us. I'm watching okay. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, I think that's it. it. There's really nothing on. Um, all the shows are. There's no good show. My favorite show, The Walking Dead, is done. So, yeah, <clears throat> I'm I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. So, I've been. Um, for me, I've been watching The Last of Us. That's one that I watch every week. I'm also watching um, anything to do with Yellowstone or any of the spinoffs. That's mm. kind of my jam. Um, and I actually, you all probably be, well, I don't know if y'all like this or not, but you'll be proud of me. I just binge watched all the American horror stories, all of them. Wow. So yeah, that was a, that was a big thing what did for you me. Think about Roanoke? I just now did that. <laughs> what did you think I about Roanoke? Roanoke. Um, okay. I still, I, yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it was a different, uh, definitely a different spin and different vibe script writing wise so that that's why yeah, i liked it that's one of my favorite seasons um, and a lot of people hated it so it was important well, i know a lot of people hate it. the first season too but i i love the first crazy. season better first than i did great. coven and those yeah <laughs> so but, oh yeah yeah so i will uh i guess i gotta go watch carrie now yeah. and probably cry but i'm going i also to, I, like the saw movies so i don't know like, I don't I, like that's saw. maybe my jam yeah. i like that kind of stuff sydney i want to watch i'm a i am have um i have like this cult um that came it's so my tv is a had has built in tv into it or something and um mm-hmm. there's like a cult movie channel or something and i watched this fucked up ass movie today at work well, before I left work, before passing out. That's another story. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it was messed up. But some of these movies would be great for you. I'm going to start writing these movies down so and just sending them to you. Because I'm sitting at work. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, it's crazy. Is it like I, crazy I the- weird movies or is it movies about cults? No, it's crazy movies. Like, it's back in the... Like the Got one it. I watched, it was like it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but he was a regular man. But I, I came mm-hmm. in on the end of it where he was killing these teens that was on his property or something. But he was like just a regular man with a, a hat. Like so, I didn't I didn't get the gist of it. I'm like, I want to watch this again because it kept it was good from what yeah, I saw. I love, but those cult but movies I watched are super these special. Yeah. And so I'm watching these movies and I'm like, wow, this movie would be great, uh, you know, for Sydney. And then one night I left the TV on and I was watching, I can't even tell you what it was, but the monster was absolutely fucked up. And I couldn't even go back to sleep after that. I, I'm going to just start writing down some of this stuff because I Please. think you showing some of this stuff would be great. 
Yeah. I think I about love, you all the time when I'm watching these movies. I love getting introduced to new horror movies. Like, that's... Yeah. That's something that, like, that's, like, sharing media is so important to me. And, like, when people yeah. share it with me, it just makes my day. Yeah. I love that. I think I've been scarred ever since uh, my granddad made me watch the movie Wrong Turn. So, like, that's mm. why I don't oh, watch horror movies God. anymore. <laughs> like, I saw that once and I was like, I can't watch horror anymore. I can fix you, Curtis. <laughs> I can fix you. You just can fix really me. <laughs> I'll give you an appreciation for horror. There we go. I mean, I, honestly, if I said if I was in a wrong turn situation and they look just like they look, the first thing I'm going to do is drop to my knees and be like, you want your dick sucked? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> you like that. You like On that note. West Virginia, <laughs> that West Virginian slim. That, that's my go-to in my dreams. Like, if I dream about Fred and he about to kill me, that's the first thing I'd be like, let me suck your dick. <laughs> Oh, you're sad. You're gonna bargain. <laughs> you're gonna bargain. See, Estelle would not even be in the situation to begin with, but you're, okay. you're there trying to get some tail. Okay. Uh, I, have, I, yeah. I hope I'm with you if I'm ever in that situation. That way right. you can take care of things. I'm gonna run. Hey, you <laughs> gonna run. Right. I'm gonna run. Uh, all right. On that note, uh, it's been so good having you on the show, and um, yeah, so. we appreciate all that you're doing in podcast land. Um, for those of you all out there, make sure you go watch uh, or go listen to Love Bites. That's L-O-V-E-B-Y-T-E-S, because um, I know a lot of people didn't see the flyer there. Um, but Love Bites is a new show by uh, Sydney and Gilda. Um, they're answering all your questions, so make sure you submit those. The link is in the comment below. So thank you so much, Sydney. Yeah, uh, thank you all. Thank you. Y'all have a go in. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to come on back now. I know we all love a little vibration, so if you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And we will surprise you on occasion with a new release vibration in your pocket. But in the meantime, if you find yourself alone or crossing new horizons along the rainbow trail and you need a friend or even a laugh to get you through those dark and stormy nights, holler on out to us at www.weatheringrainbows.com where you can find shelter in the blogs, videos, and other episodes that will hopefully keep you out of a whole heap of trouble. So until next time, y'all, giddy up, be true to yourself, and make the best of life. And wherever the wild tracks may lead you, may the rainbow always touch your shoulder.